Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, it's Mark from Guitar Nerd here, bringing you a quick uh, informative hello and uh, about Patreon, some information about Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where you can get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds audio every week from as little as $5 a month. This week on the Patreon episode, we um, talk about quite a lot of stuff, actually. We talk about maybe playing guitar for 24 hours, Joe Branton shirtless, covered in blood and screaming. Uh, We talk about Marshall beers being brewed in France. Great guitars for seven to uh, six to seven hundred quid, um, and a load of other stuff as well. So patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Sign up, make us happy, make yourself happy, and uh, let's all have a good time. Cheers. everyone and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hola. Hopefully we are live and direct coming to you on youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. Hooray. Um, if you're watching us on there, hello, do get involved in the chat. Jay's going to be hanging out in there answering your questions and um, carrying your messages over from there onto the uh, onto the podcast. If you're listening to the audio version, um, thanks very much for, uh, for joining us. Um, if you want to get involved in this podcast, as you know, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Um, loads to talk about this week. I feel like I haven't not seen you guys for ages. We spent all of, uh, well, Friday night and Saturday doing Guitar Nerd stuff. Yeah, that was long. Matt Knight, you even came down. I did. I, it was joy. It was pure joy for a weekend. <laughs> was it pure joy? You people. Was no, it, it was actually awful. pure? No, it was great, actually. It was very tiring. I mean, we did a lot of videos. We tried a lot of stuff. We did. Um, playing, playing guitar all day when you're in front of a camera can be um, ridiculously draining. Yes. I, I can't um, believe how much we got done, actually. I was thinking about this. We did... We what, packed too much in. 12 pedal demos? Yeah. Two, uh, wait, four amp demos and a guitar demo. Yeah. 
which is too much insane <laughs> in one too day. much some might say too, too much too much well at least you none of you boys have got to go and edit it well, you know, no, so I uh, know oh, yeah at least yeah um, that's down to me so some of that stuff uh, started going live today with the Boss CP1X compressor which you may have seen oh on. my god that sounded brilliant it did sound really good really oh. good and you know we don't like to uh, blow smoke up Matt's proverbial but um, the Boss CP1X is a good sounding compressor um, but yeah. let's, let's leave it at that go and check out the video for yourselves um, it's up on the YouTube channel now I think so. I understand a bit more about it now after Matt sort of explained it in the video demo because yeah. it's not really a compressor not in the traditional sense and it's not even I understand now that it's not even a compressor in the sense of multiband it's kind of a the MDP makes it something totally different it's yeah. a harmonic compressor yeah it's doing some clever stuff to get some it's different effects clever. it's blooming but clever and it's well good let's not start off this podcast by um, oh, you yeah. know servicing Matt's ego anymore Matt apart from the CP1X what were your, um, what were your highlights from the day um Highlights for the day because I put something on Facebook and when I was on the train home the next day, I was sort of like, I think my highlights had to be pedal wise, uh, the Echo Line Roadrunner. Um, I know we talked about it when we came back from the uh, South of England guitar show, but I thought that sounded absolutely amazing. Um, I actually, the more I thought about it, the Green Child G Triple Seven. Yes, yeah, that was my demo of that the day. Was Definitely. That sounded great. Uh, um, yeah, it sounded really nice. So two-channel overdrive doesn't really sound like anything else I kind of plugged in before. Um, I, I think a true they, 18 decibels of clean boost. And it sounds like, it as it, well. It, 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 yeah. It's a, those 18 decibels are massive. A really, yeah. like... Com- I mean, I had never heard of Green Child before, before we got in touch with them and said, like, you know, do you want to get involved with Guitar Nerds and uh, do you want to... Um, do you want to send us a pedal to to review and to demo? Um, and yeah, it was a bit of a kind of standout, really. Like, it totally came out comes out of nowhere because we did we did loads of brands and lots of them were drives that day. And yeah. I think for that, I know you were, Matt's talking about the Echo Line as well, and that was very good. The Echo Line for me, it had its negative points in that it was really deep. It's sort of really tall pedal. Yes. I mean. Yeah, it's and, a big and it was box. really big. So it was kind of because it was so tall. I was kind of like, I'm not. I don't know how this is ever going to fit on a board because you're not yeah. going to be able to get to the pedals either side of it or above it if there are any. I and mean, cause it's so. It was just an odd. It was a pedal that hadn't taken pedal boards into consideration. I but, think. I think that would be a standout pedal on a pedal board where you don't have too much other stuff in it. Well, that's it's, what I mean. I think it's a bit of an old boys pedal, like as in people who have a pedal. Yeah. Right. I see what you mean. Just one make good or a box. Yeah. Yeah, I think that could work for that. But, or, you know, if yeah. someone's got, let's say, like, whatever the whatever used to be called Pedal Train Nano, I guess, or yeah, the, the like, small travel There's no ones. way it'll fit on a Nano. It's, it's, yeah, it's it would. too tall. It's only... Too long. No, rather. it's only no, one... I think width-wise, I don't think it's much wider than, like, a standard boss pedal or anything um, like that. It's not like a double pedal, is it's, it? It's quite... No. I guess the, the downside of trying to fit it onto a pedal is that it's quite deep. Yeah, that's um, what I meant. Like from front, long, front long, long. I suppose long. I yeah, would long, say got to work out what the dimensions long, long are. rather than high. Yeah, I mean it is quite high as well. But um, yeah, it's that's why I think it would you know wouldn't fit on most people's kind of big pedal boards. But um, it would definitely I, fit on like a, a nano. Yeah, I would say it's a peak Cornish pedal. Yeah, shrunk in the wash. Yeah, that is that what it, totally, totally. <laughs> but that's why that's why I love that Green Child so much because it was just something totally different. I kind of we said it when you were demoing it, but I kind of wish they hadn't made it green because when it's a drive and it's green just like Matt said it's, when we filmed yeah, it yeah. you think tube yeah, screamer yeah, and, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it has nothing to do with it it's so it's own thing 
it was brilliant though i can't wait for that video demo to come out because i think that's one all our listeners should check out as well just as a totally unique for those who don't know i guess we should probably explain what the green child g triple seven is um it's a two channel drive boost i guess boost yeah slash I drive. i'd say I, I mean they put it down as two two isolated drive channels yeah but with some mechanically really isolated in- drive channels with some really um, interesting eq shifts as well yeah and so they call it what do they call it topology yeah uh, so the, the controls are kind of a little bit different to what you'd normally expect they had a tilt so function example, didn't they I, which was something that you don't normally see outside of base sort of terminology. yeah so channel one's like drive mid and tilt and then tilt actually in the middle position is neutral but then all one way gives you one sort of frequency and then all the other way does something different so it's yeah. not like a an overall tone sweep it's like either bass and no it tilts the band doesn't it which it t- tilts the full range which is which is great which is a really yeah. interesting and useful control definitely and um one thing actually i was just um having a look at here so we made sure we got the facts right one thing i didn't mention i don't know if this is mentioned in the ma- in the manual but they say that the headroom internally is boosted to 30 volts Okay. Nine volts, which is which why, is probably why it sounded it sound, sounded so open. Yeah, that's totally what I was going to say. It's like compared to other drives, I think, and even you know the ones that we really like, things like the Marvel Drive um, and things that are, I don't know, just you know high end boutique drives that we've talked about in the past. They always do sound quite like focused and quite narrow sounding and that's fine mm. if that's what you're going for um but yeah the green child had a really different sound like like you say like super open never sounded kind of congested um no, you could always hear the guitar signal coming through definitely and had a real kind of like chime like i think if someone was saying to me like oh i've got like a almost like an indie band and i've got kind of a lot of, i need quite a lot of sparkle still but i use drive um that g triple seven would actually be a way that i might point them because it's got a little bit of that kind of jangle still to it, but yeah. it's, there's a load of different drive sounds in there as well. It's a real neat pedal. Does anyone I think remember that's the what only pedal they make at the moment as well? Does anyone remember Is the it? price band that it was coming in at? Uh, uh, they are two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah. So it's not a cheap pedal, but I have to say, we, we must have. Wait, how many pedals did we have out? Because there was some thirteen or something. Yeah, it was. There was a lot, and out of everything from all the brands that we were looking at, it was probably the best built. Or at least one of them. Like I the, think the Echo Line is up there. The, well. the Echo Line's definitely up there, but in a very I'd say that different was probably way. Probably the the yeah. best built in a way. Yeah, I think with things like that, obviously those, and with the Green Child as well, is that if you go on the internet and have a look at them, you'll see the boxes aren't like off the shelf like Hammond style casing. No, like I think it's quite easy for someone to buy a standard MXR size box, for example, and drill three or four holes in it and build their circuit around that. And yeah. when Especially with the green chart, they say they've kind of designed it from the ground up. So they've kind of gone, all right, how do you make a distortion circuit and then what can we do to make it our own rather than let's take this tube screamer circuit or let's take the space and and modify it. It's like, let's start from the beginning. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So so much stuff is retrospective now in the pedal front. It's just easy, isn't it? Because, you know, people know what they're buying. If you go, right, I'm a boutique pedal builder. I'm doing a really nice Tube Screamer clone that's a real nice build and stuff. Like, yeah, it's fine. You can build it as well as you want. Clone is the word, isn't it? But it is a clone, whereas the Green Child is the first thing for a long time that I've found that isn't going for amp in a box and isn't going for a clone of another pedal. It's the first genuinely kind of unique sounding pedal um, that I've heard for ages in terms of drive stuff. 
um, something totally different so highly yeah. recommended Jay Cross um, I know you're um, you're busy in the chat but what did, what kind of um, jumped out at you as being a pedal, a pedal or product that we demoed this weekend that you thought was particularly standout for me there was two real real stand standouts and that was the Echo Line yeah uh, which I just think is an absolutely astonishing pedal um I think the the big thing for me was when uh, Matt said we we sort of spent a little bit of time with it, and then Matt said, "Oh look, it says here if you turn the gain to zero, it just acts as a clean boost." Yeah, and I think we all went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, well, whatever." Because Pe- pedals never work like that. No, they, say like, they, oh, they never work like that. Well, absolute absolute clean boost, boost. even well, yeah, clean um, boosts that claim to be clean boosts. Like we talk all the time about the spark boost. Yeah, stuff. absolutely, which is ridiculous. And I, see, I sort of don't. I've never really been sure if there's actually such a thing as a clean boost because you know inherently what you're doing is you're taking that signal and you're driving it in order to get more output from it so is there such a thing as a clean boost so as soon as it said like oh you know get a clean boost by turning the gain down and then just turning the volume up we were like yeah all right well well let's see what happens and it was absolutely phenomenal it was just yeah. a clean boost how totally. many decibels of clean boost did we say on that one i can't remember i don't know if they actually specifically state on the roadrunner if it's a, like a certain amount of decibels it definitely did on the green child but i think on the roadrunner it's just like if you turn the gain down and the volume yeah. all the way up it's basically just nothing but yeah. volume boost uh, i thought that was i thought i was re- like really really cool the other thing that i just uh, fell in love with uh, and I think we're all a little bit. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. We're all a little bit. We've all sort of fallen in love a little bit. Is the um, the Honey Boy, the Honey Boy Five Watt? Now um, we, we should talk about nothing but this amplifier for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, really. I, I, I sort of feel that since the uh, guitar show that we went to, these episodes have been nothing but praise yeah, for the Honey Boy. Absolutely. So I'd imagine our listeners might be getting a little sick of it. There's a Honey Boy coaster, Jay, <laughs> holding up to the camera. In with the amp. I, and like I've been thinking about it a lot recently. This. This could very easily be. It could very easily seem as though we've like got some under the radar sponsorship or something. Uh, like maybe Andy from Honey Boy has been like, "Well, right, well look, I'll, I'll send you I'll, some coasters. I'll, I'll bung yeah. you a little here, bit. Here go, lads, here's some coasters." <laughs> but I, I just, I'm, I'm so blown away by everything about that amp. The fact that it's, it sounds as good as it does. It's handmade in the UK. It's super cheap. It's highly customizable. As highly well. customizable. It's pink. That the one that we've got is pink. Not just yeah. pink. pink. Pink neon crocodile skin. Yeah, the, that's what we didn't mention last week. Is that it's kind of glitter in yeah. the pink as well. It's just an absolutely astonishing amp, and hearing it properly like that was just so wonderful. But it's just the fact that you can get. I mean, that one we had a really nice yeah. uh, sort of rectangular weave grey, um, uh, just like sort of grill, fen- fendery grill, fendery grill, grill yeah, fel- on fender. on the the pink neon crocodile. But the fact is, you could get anything you want, and that amplifier will still be six hundred and ninety-five pounds. I just realised the name of this episode is going to be Pink Neon Crocodile because that is <laughs> excellent, excellent. But yeah, they, it, it was absolutely amazing. And of course, Honey Boy, they have a, a gigable eighteen watt well, amp for yeah, under, under, a, under a thousand pounds. Matt, as well, what, don't do, they? what yeah. do you think about the kind of volume and stuff on the five watt? Now that we've actually, because well, when we heard it, we only heard it briefly. I think at the guitar show, didn't we? We just heard. Yeah, I've, I've heard some like demos it. online. Um, so, what did you think now that we actually got it into a practice room I mean, and, and cranked it up a bit? I, I thought it sounded amazing, and um, you know, when the demo, I think we're we putting the demo out this week because I know a lot. I'm going to try on Facebook Friday. Uh, desperate to see it. I think Friday. Um, we demoed it with my Les Paul so like path pickup so slightly sort of underpowered quite dark sounding yeah 
and people were going, oh, how is it for clean headroom? How would it take pedals? And I was like, I just, I don't think it's the amp for that. Like, I think it's probably the amp for maybe one overdrive pedal, like a boost. Yep. But I think as soon as you start kind of trying to think about delays and reverbs, once you're into sort of crunchy territory, I think they're just going to sound a bit too muddy. The way that um, so the way that I, I was talking to um, one of the listeners on Facebook about it, um, who's thinking about picking one up, and what I was saying, maybe like one to four or one to five, it yeah. sounds pretty clean. So I think if you were using it for home and you wanted to like use your pedals there, that would be perfectly fine. But I think if you're thinking about taking out and gigging it with a load of pedals, you might struggle. Yeah, I, I think I think so. I just it's not it's not the amp for that. It doesn't have the kind of headroom I think for that kind of setup. No, and I, I just but I thought that the nice thing was it was just so rich and dynamic to the way you play the guitar that it's just one of those amps that's just fun to play. Yeah, like it's rare that now that you kind of get an amp that's so minimal but still so enjoyable. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, some, you don't have to really dial anything in. I don't think we really even touch the tone control. I think we pretty much just set the volume for either a clean sound or a distorted sound and just use the guitar for everything else. I think totally their market is people who, you know, want something. I mean, it, for me, it's it's better than something like a Fender Pro Junior. Um, obviously, it's lacking yeah. some features of the Blues Junior um, in that it doesn't have, you know, like a switchable boost and doesn't have ver- reverb in there. Um, but yeah. if you were looking for something around the price of a Blues Junior, but you want all the customizable options, and for mm. me, if you want something that sounds a little bit better driven, like I find that the, the Fender stuff is great clean and probably stays a bit cleaner, f- f- like, like louder, um, but doesn't um, it doesn't break up as nicely as the Honey Boy. Yeah. The Honey Boy is I'd like a um, proper rock and roll amp. I think I'd be interested to hear the 18 because with the 18 what that they do they have a master volume option right so if you still want the kind of classic driven set at home you've got the option of driving the preamp and then you know obviously controlling the output with master volume yeah but if you want it a bit more open and you want the same sound louder for gigs you've got the master volume on there as well yeah yeah Joe Branton yeah what jumped out at you um well yeah I guess I guess those those were really the ones. I mean the other another sort of notable I mean obviously I guess the the Honey Boy is very clear and I think yeah the Echo Line and the Green Child really stood out as as pedals as drive pedals. Um the Pulp and Peel yes by JHS the yes. compressor um that works equally as well on guitar as it does bass. Um that I was really impressed with. They've, we didn't realise, or we didn't talk about it last week, because we talked about the Pulp and Peel, I think, briefly, because I'd tried it briefly. Yeah. Um, it's got a balanced line out for, yeah. for bass, so if yeah. you want to um, just go straight from that into, like, a a desk, I guess, you could use it as your DI box. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's great. And a little, little bit of drive on there. Yeah, really good. Actually, a really versatile-sounding drive. I like a, a sounding compressors, right? And I like it when um, compressors have offer a little bit more than just compression like a little bit of tone shaping yeah. as well and I, I thought the pop and peel did that yeah so control wise on there it's, so you've got mix because you also get like a total pass through don't you and you just blend in the compression sound which is very useful for bass players especially. indeed um, and there's volume and ratio and then tone I think is that the other one Matt? Uh, yes I think it was yeah tone volume tack I can't remember now because there's a distortion circuit on the side as well, isn't there? Yeah. 
There is, yeah, you yeah, of course. You've got a gain control on the side. Yeah, yeah, so there's a switch on the front of it that turns the drive on and off, but you've, there's also like a little micro thing that you need to get a screwdriver in to, um, to adjust the amount of drive as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was great. I thought that was a really good, interesting, versatile compressor. Definitely. But in a sort of, especially when we'd just done the CP1X, which I which I kind of thought, I was like, oh, well, this is kind of trumped compression for the moment. But, yeah. Uh, but it was... Very different. CP1X is, for me, is quite clean. Um, and as we talked about, kind of gives you that kind of overall response through the MDP I think, technology. Yeah. Where, I, I would say it's like CP1X gives you like polished record sheen like if you're going to run a mix through a compressor yeah that adds but the pulp and peel adds like what feels like analog warmth yep to a guitar signal if you actually want a compression sound yeah it's the it's the difference between you know the um the uh, cp1x is a little bit more like a studio compressor on the floor whereas the pulp and peel is like old school yeah it's a proper rock like, and roll compressor yeah just yeah. a bit kind of like it's got a bit of vintage grime to it I yeah, like it, it a lot. Mm. Um, um, but there was one other thing okay. actually as well it, whilst um, I haven't sort of sung their praises as much as maybe uh, some of you guys have I was really impressed with if not at all the look the build quality of the Reverend yep. uh, Billy Corgan that we got in I, I, I was very impressed with the fretwork the attention to detail the hardware oh. It just blew Matt, me away. Matt wants to that buy really one. It sounded great. The pickups I, in there were brilliant. I actually think I might buy one. Really? I, See, like, the, yeah. The pickups were Billy Corgan's signature um, pickups as well, but they're rail not hammers. Rail hammers, yeah. yeah. Which aren't they're not Reverend, but but they yeah, but they're exclusively in that guitar. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Oh, is that they're the brand? Half, I, I believe so. Yeah, maybe we should yeah. double yeah, check. Rail that. Hammer is the brand. Oh, right. And okay. They make some Billy Corgan pickups, and they're half bladed humbucker. It's like half P90, half humbucker. And it's a bladed yeah. humbucker for your low three strings and your high three are P90 pots. Yes, I think it's that way around. Poles. Poles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting guitar. I think it's kind of split us um, on like the looks and stuff because you two, I think, don't really like it. Oh, it was it was silver burst with an aluminium scratch plate, which Jay doesn't Cross, really... you love the silver burst. I, I can't stand silver burst guitars. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of sunburst in general, which I realise is yeah. like... Oh. I know. You I really described like, the Silverburst as the worst of the Sunburst. Yeah, which, it is the worst of the Sunburst. Unbelievable. It is the worst. The worst colour nah. of the worst. I'm, I'm, I can't I totally stand. have to disagree. What about a nice like seventies Les Paul in Silverburst? Absolutely. Like Les, aged Les Paul Silverburst. Custom. No. When it's aged not so Silverburst. Green. Dreadful. I'm also. No, I'm there also is no just, such thing as aged Silverburst. Yeah, Anyone goes, who bought a Silverburst guitar got it refinished. No. 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 It goes green. Yeah, it goes green. What? It goes so like it starts green, to look more like Antigua, Antigua which yeah. is a much which better Which is a grey colour. Yes. However, they exactly do that. do it in other colours. They do it in pearl white, metallic alpine, and purple burst. I really like their metallic yeah. alpine. It's kind of like um, a, a, uh, a worn seafoam green. It's, They've it's definitely, really nice they definitely looked on the shelf and they were like, right, we've got to send one to these idiots down in Brighton. Uh, what's the least popular colour? They what can't we, they went, which, what one, is, which one can't we shift? Oh no, that one looks really nice. That one's really cool. That one, you know what? Ah, yeah, silver burst. Those mugs are like that. No, they said, "What is the coolest?" I, um, do you think if I contact them and said, "Look, we did a really wicked video. Will you make one in pink for me?" They do it. <laughs> they seem quite open to doing pink, stuff. So pink burst. they probably won't, I'd imagine. But I think it's probably uh, it, uh, fairly robust setup costs. Yeah, for uh, for dropping dropping some pink in the uh, go down to Halfords, get a can of spray paint. 
Job done. Easy. Easy. Job done. Um, we, we, it, it sort of reminded me, we've said it a few times sort of since they came on our radar, probably this year really, because it was uh, Merchant City Music that started doing them. I think I might have brought Reverend to the table because I toured with a band called Dialects at the start of this year and they were all endorsed by Reverend Guitars. Okay. Th- maybe I, but it could have been Matt because shortly after that, then Matt's old shop Anderton started stocking Reverend yeah. as well. And that's sort of as far as Reverend have got in the UK. You've got Merchant City in Scotland and Anderton's yeah. over here. But it just, it reminded me, well, actually sort of seeing one in the flesh for the first time since touring with the guys and sort of seeing them up close, the, the build quality on them is remarkable like yeah. it really it makes you realise like how especially on things like fretwork and stuff like that how much Fender and Gibson can just get away with whatever they want because of what's written on the headstock yeah I mean Fender and Gibson I generally find are pretty good but the Reverend was awesome the fretwork in particular was absolutely fantastic um, I um, I just thought yeah. it just like at points it sounded like a telly, at other points it sounded like a Les Paul, some points it sounded like a Strat. It had that kind of like nice sort of almost out of phase sort of clicky sound to it. I was just like, this is sort of all the best guitars in one with a really nice neck on it as well. Um, Zero Anon on the uh, YouTube stream has just pointed out that uh, Railhammers are designed by Joe Naylor, who is the creator, the person behind. Reverend. Oh, oh right. So, okay, so it's like a sub brand. I guess it's like a sister company. Or oh, something okay, like that. cool. That's so, awesome. I guess that means that they gives them a chance to sell them to other people yeah, or sell absolutely. them separately yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's cool. Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So that's, uh, awesome. that's neat. So keeping it in the family. I'm going to give a shout out to the Pedal Pal Effects JCM emulator, um, which is oh, one yeah. that we've talked about very briefly on the podcast. Um, the reason I'm going to give a shout out to it is because I think it's going to be a good competitor to the Marvel Drive like we've talked about the Marvel Drive a lot yeah I think they're both doing the exact same thing and they end up with slightly different results I think the um, the JCM emulator is much more open sounding and actually a lot more how I remember JCM sounding when I've heard them in the flesh I think the Marvel Drive sounds much more like a recorded version of, you know, the records yeah. that you expect, you associate yeah, yeah. with an 800 and stuff. And I think that the pedal power effects comes off as much less polished, but it's also, I think it's doing a much rawer take on that sound. Yeah. Um, it's funny because they are, um, they're, they're of a new generation of uh, guitar companies with really crap names. Like pedal power effects, pedal power effects, pedal rock and yeah. roll relics. You know, this is stuff that, like, ten years ago, you'd be like, "This is this is a company. This is a joke. This yeah. is a joke company." But they're putting out really good stuff. Yeah, you know, like rock and roll. It relics. really irks me that rock and roll relics put out some of the best. Wait, looking... Rock and roll relics just signed, just did a signature for Billy Joe Armstrong. What? He's moved from Gibson to rock, <laughs> rock and, roll and roll relics. relics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about this last week actually. We should um, with that. So, how about, sorry, sorry. How about we... Is he playing Friedman amps now as well? By any chance? Yes, I think he is actually. Oh my! So everyone is actually at a point where they're playing the copies. Yeah, of... I, I think he actually is playing Friedman amps. With that, which is funny because he's also like covering music that you know he was that he was doing well twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With that, should we should we dive into some news and we can talk about that a bit further? Nude. S- S- 
Um, so yeah, th- this isn't on our thing, but while we're talking about it, we should talk about it. Billy Joe Armstrong is um, now playing, or has been seen to be playing, a um, rock and roll relics Les Paul Jr. with a black oh, American flag on it. Um, oh. It looks awesome. I'm no, not into that, it. That it looks so sound, good. That doesn't <laughs> sound so awesome. Good. Anything, anything with it. a national really flag on it. it is not cool. Yeah, but it's like a sort of backwards. No, it's, it doesn't matter. It's one. not cool. Yeah, I think it is cool. I think it is super cool. Um, so, yeah, um, we talked about Rock and Roll Relics, Relics in the past, Joe. You did a little brand of the week, I believe. Yeah, I um, think we did. Did we? We did. did, I, do, yeah, you, brand of the week? You did I did, yeah. You did Rock and Roll Relics. I uh, really like Rock and Roll Relics. Yeah, I do as I well. I really want their double cut Les Paul Jr. bass. Totally, totally. Half grand. I've seen some in the flesh. I think I saw some at Nam when I went there, and um, they look so authentic. You can't get them over here. No, there's no stockist for them yet. You I, can. Okay. Oh, oh wow. Okay. You used to be able to get them at World. You used to be able to get them at World Guitars. Okay. Interesting. It's um yeah. So I was actually just having a look. Okay. So like I said, yeah, it's one of their Les Paul Junior copies um, with a load of guff all over the front but oh. I think it looks awesome and for him you know like he's a bombastic fella um, and it's quite a bombastic stage show the guitar works perfectly alright you know I'm not going to win I you over I just don't know why Billy Joe Armstrong gets a shout out in our news that's all because he's a cool dude a tired old I mean, guy who literally no that, one buys the records of that anymore. new album is we're talking about like, like each record has got more popular than the last oh, that latest record is one of the worst records I've ever heard. Really? It's so bad. I've not listened to it. So bad. Um, um, I just tried to find a picture of the... Uh, he works for X Factor now, right? I just tried to find a picture of that guitar and I can't find it. So um, they... I, oh, I, it's I on the it. Instagram. It's on their Instagram, But yeah. I don't it's think It's not worth looking at. Yeah, it's, oh, it's right. not very... Oh, mate, what are you... Just, just cussing me out. I, like, <laughs> I, I reckon that... I, like I reckon it. the reason they didn't... They, they, he went to Rock and Roll X is because Gibson were like... I mean, I know we've made some mistakes, but that's too oh, far. You guys are out of order. I no, mean, I think, aren't they... Are they Bay Area, maybe? <laughs> aren't they local to Green Day rock and roll relics? I'm, I think I, that, I think it's like it's through like personal connection or something that he knows about. Them. Right, okay. I, the, following the Instagram story vaguely back in my mind, there's yeah. some sort of personal right, okay. connection there. Um, I think. Let's talk about some actual news. This is news. Oh, Come on, one of the greatest guitar heroes of our generation's got a cool... <laughs> 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 so, um, first bit of news. V Boutique release the v Board. Pro. Matt Knight, are you familiar with uh, V Boutique? I have heard of them. It's it's a weird one because alongside, and I know we don't talk about it as much, but I think alongside the boutique pedal boom, there's also been a boutique pedal board explosion. Okay. Um, Sorry? Just brands left, right and centre coming out with pedal boards. You wouldn't have thought there could have been so many variations on what effectively is a plank of wood. Um, but these are quite cool. I mean, they're, they're effectively pedal train sizing, and I suppose anyone who decides to go into this is like, well, we're going up against pedal train. They make a pedal, they make pedal boards from 35 quid to 100 and, well, 229 pounds if you want a hard case. But I think these guys, along with some other brands, always aim for like a more boutique market. So these are pedal train size, but they're like imagine like an enclosed box with a solid top. Yep. And then three rails drilled in for all the cables to run underneath. Uh, fully Tolexed as well. And which, which they seems have... weird. I wouldn't really want Tolex because it's Tolex across the front of the board, isn't it? So surely you've it's got to put Velcro sort of, on it's the like, Tolex. Yeah, it's like tread plate, like what looks like black tread plate across the front yeah, yeah, like yeah. sort of design like and then Tolex around the edges with piping yeah I think the problem with that is that 
could tend to look messy maybe after a while. Um, but yeah, it's got the the nice thing that I like about these and a couple of other companies like Salvage Custom is that they hardwire the IEC and then locking jacks on either side. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So you can basically plug your whole board in underneath and then your ins and outs are just on the inside as well. And yeah. then you've just got like an input and an output on either side of your pedal board. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice alternative, really. I just don't know whether they come with... I don't know whether they come with a bag or anything like that. But, yeah, they, I mean, they seem like nice boards. I mean, it is difficult because you are going up against, you know, the name in, in the, you know, pedal trainer, the name in pedal boards, aren't they? It's totally. difficult for you to kind of walk into a store and buy something that isn't a pedal train. But, I mean, pedal train themselves are a fairly new company. You know, it's only within... No, they're not. They've been around for a long time. Yeah. They've been really? around for a long yeah. time. I think the problem was is that Pedal Train have probably been around like 20 years. Really? Um, it's just wow. that they were, yeah, they were just incredibly difficult to get hold of in the UK for a while. And right. then they dropped off the radar earlier or sometime last year because I think they they announced at NAM all these new pedal boards. Yeah. And I think they swapped factories and they had some sort right. of like... I remember that I they... think they had a quality. I think they basically had a quality control issue. So they were like, "Well, we should put nothing in the market rather than right something." I in do the remember that they discontinued um, like everything, and just yeah, there was nothing else available whole... for ages. I think part of the reason for that was because for a long time the only two pedals you'd really have would be Boss pedals and MXR pedals, and they fitted the rails perfectly. Yeah, but with the kind of move into mini pedal board yeah. or mini pedals, it's like oh they don't fit on the rails properly. So people put them sideways, and people like me who've got OCD want all their twelve pedals to face the same way. Um, so I think that was kind of a good move. But then that's the part of the advantage of the V board and and similar pedals is that it doesn't really matter where you place them. You can place them in any order because the board the top of it's flat. You don't have to worry about things falling down rails or anything like that. It's just kind of like you can put things exactly where you want them. Um, can I just say, if you're watching the video stream, you'll see both myself and Joe Branton glancing at his laptop with slightly horrified looks on our face. It's not because he's, you know, as Joe Branton is wont to do, pulled up like a goatsy image oh, or yes. someone doing something hor- a, oh, a, a yeah, horrific absolutely. leg break or something like yeah. that. No, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the new... Um, this is new for the news... The new Didario Humiditrack. Crisis averted. It's Yeah, okay. So, Didario have released a little sensor that you can put in your guitar case. Works on Bluetooth. And you can have several of them in for all your different guitars. And you can set up a little profile for those guitars. So, on the app, it has a little picture of your guitar. And it will uh, it will let, it know, uh, let you know on the app the, uh, the temperature, humidity... Um, and uh, and any impacts uh, on an hourly, daily, and monthly data monitoring monitoring program. Um, the best bit is um, it will send you push notifications um, if dangerous uh, conditions are detected. Yes, uh, so that you can take action before damage occurs. Um, you know who you know who this has been built for. What? This has got Dan Grace written all over <laughs> yes. it. Um, podcast uh, regular podcast guest Dan friend, Grace, friend of the podcast Dan Grace. When he uh, so uh, little backstory with with Dan, who some of you might have heard or seen, he was on he was guest 
about three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, we know Dan because we all used to work with him, and he uh, about five years ago he took over as uh, maybe not quite five years ago he took over as manager of the acoustic department at GAC, and he went on a crusade to ensure that all of the guitars were kept in the correct humidity. Uh, conditions and I, I honestly don't think I've ever seen I, I've known Dan for probably close to 10 years now and I've never seen him care about anything as much as he cared about ensuring the humidity on those guitars was was spot on he loves the humidity it was, it was so it was such a weird thing for him to get obsessed with and if this existed back then he we would have had yeah. a few of those absolutely and like, I can actually if, if I was if I was to Dario I would be sending one of those to every guitar store in the in well Every guitar store, I mean, Didario UK should be sending one to every in, every guitar store in the UK. Just being like, look, you can use this and then sell them, whatever. But, like, you should have this on display. Because, like, you know, if you live somewhere... I don't know, man. If you live somewhere, like, if you live somewhere like this, I, I, you'd be surprised it's that... It's $50. Does... Okay, so my... To save your, like, 1950s Gibson... From what? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Humidity. humidity yeah yeah but you're gonna know if it's somewhere hot right so my, my question no on this tours is the 1950s thing so my question we're not talking about, about touring conditions my question is does this have gps because if it does that's not the worst thing in the world like if this can tr- you put it in your guitar case it doesn't say anything and, about that okay because I, I don't know if we talked about it but jay and i went to the westfield show technology show a couple of weeks ago i think we did talk about it on the podcast last week and tile were there who do uh-huh. gps trackable tiles essentially like a tiny gps tracker and i thought well this would be perfect because what you do is you take your scratch plate off your guitar stick the tile underneath the scratch plate and then if your guitar ever goes missing gets nicked yeah you'll know where it is you can gps track it i am so if this does that if it's sat in your guitar case i mean obviously it's you know won't be such a close connection to the guitar and stuff but generally i guess if someone nicks a case out of the back of your van back of van the guitar will go with the case yeah um this actually could be a decent product. As if, much if as we has, both yeah, looked it at it and went, what is this? No, I think this is ridiculous. $50 okay. for something that but tells that, you the temperature if that in your case. G, if that has GPS on it, that it, is a it great product. It doesn't look like it does. Now, okay. I, I actually I went to a music industry conference uh, a few months ago, and there was a, a company there that were releasing a, a product which was going to be that sort of thing. Because, yeah. of course, we've got it in bikes now. There are yeah. trackers you can put in seats and things like that. They had something like this. The, of course, the problem you have with guitars is where you're going to put it. And this was a very small chip, but what they were suggesting was that you drill it oh. in. And, and it oh, was just like, not, and there it is. And there's the end of yeah, yeah, anyone yeah. caring about but your product. One under the scratch plate. Yeah, under the scratch plate or in you still the... Have, you'd still have to drill it under there. It was still thick enough. Sort of, it was... Um, really? Because tile isn't that big at all. Really? Tile's like Those, a tiny yeah, little square. They look like... Uh, These look like capacitors. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. No, this looks like a kind of like chip and pin style. Right. I don't know how the tile. Why could you put it in the back, the cavity, at the back? Well, yeah. I guess so. I guess I guess you could. Yeah. I mean, they were suggesting like drilling it into the. Uh, um, um, why would anyone do that? Yeah. Oh, under the control plate. Yeah. Like on yeah. the telly. There's plenty of places where where 
would go. With Tile, though, do they need to be charged or anything? No, I don't think so. I don't really know how it works. I guess there's just like a long time battery in there. Um, yeah, it's probably like um, I, it's probably like a small watch battery that probably lasts like ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm kind of considering getting one because you know my P base. I would not want going anywhere. In fact, all my guitars really. But the P base has particular sentimental value, and just sticking it under the scratch plate might be a kind of cool thing to do. I'm into it. Potentially. Yeah, I'm I, quite into that as well. To and be the, the humidity, no, that's a the stupid humi- idea. But yeah, trackers on guitars. No, I think I think the humidity controlling idea is good I mean you know it's in the same way as you wouldn't leave one of your bases next to the radiator like if imagine you've... if you did by accident yeah, yeah. someone comes around to your house who doesn't know what it is leaves your base by the radiator and then you both go out to the pub that, as you often thing, do isn't it with, yeah. with, um, with humidity like people of I think people mainly know about damp and they're like oh well it's not damp in my house why should I worry but actually, especially in the winter, the air can be really dry. Yeah. And when you're having the heating on, it dries out even more. And uh, you see a lot of, I think mainly things with like unbound fretboard edges and classicals tend to be like the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, well, classicals obviously guitar- because, there's, you know, there's no truss rod to keep that neck in yeah. place. And I suppose with older guitars, they've kind of, the woods move a lot more. But a lot, especially with like, fresher guitars as it were newer guitars um, especially ones in mass production where the wood isn't necessarily treated as well before it's made into a guitar they can be fairly prone to humidity issues definitely and that's I mean it goes for anything like people always used to say oh I paid X amount thousands for this this guitar it shouldn't have these problems it's like but it's unfortunately it's still a piece of wood at the end of the day what you've just witnessed there is guitar nerds uh, in action a product that we initially thought was bloody stupid and we've, and we've reasoned well, it into well, thinking I haven't, I haven't. yeah except Pop- for Joe who won't listen to re- logical no, reasons I actually use equipment gear of the year just- 2016 the uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's it called the oh D- that should actually go in the, the Dario humidity track weirdest gear yeah we can go into weirdest gear okay yeah. Humidity tracks in. I think the three of us should make a pact right now. How many yeah. vetoes do we it's get? It's a progressive this year? alliance. Zero. Uh, you get zero. No, yeah. no, no. How many vetoes do we well, get? Well, we though, get seriously. like a couple each. You get. No. We, are we getting two each? No, there's no veto. There's no official veto. That's not no, how it works. It's about, it's just about talking won't stuff out. Like we mates. shouldn't talk about Gear of the Year because we got in trouble on the Facebook group for talking about it too much too early. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Low for key. God's sake. All right. All right. Just, just protect the business. Sorry. Just a quick fact. Pedal Train started in 1999. That's there great. we go. Right, and you well, go, oh, that's not very long. They're quite a new company. No, it was 16 years ago. 17 what, years ago. Do you know what made me feel, feel really old this week? Wave Race 64 came out 20 years ago oh, this what week. Are you talking about? What's that? Wave Race 64? Huh? It was like one of the It was one of the launch N64, N64 games. games yeah, 20 yeah. years ago. And Pedal Train, 1999. Wow, same year as the Matrix. Yeah, same year as the Matrix. You're right. (laughs) Exotic Effects have announced a brand new pedal, the Soul Driven AH. Matt Knight, tell us about it. Yes, Uh, I thought it was R. Is it R? I thought it was R. No, it's Soul Driven R. It stands for Alan Hines. Okay, Soul Driven R. Um, yeah, amazing um, guitarist Alan Hines. Um, Awesome tone. Basically. I think he's played exotic pedals for years and they've kind of decided to give him a signature one. They've done a similar thing with other people before and these are limited to 1,500 pieces worldwide. And they come with a certificate and a download of his like latest CD. I think they did okay. a recent one with... 
<laughs> Someone else. <laughs> That's so good. That's such a good add-on. Oh, yeah. Oh. Brilliant. I, I want little, all signature like models to come with a download card. But the latest <laughs> CD, <laughs> not like, not, 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 not a download code. They come with the latest CD. Oh, that's so, so good. Like Steve Vai, you don't get a copy of Passion and Warfare. You get the latest one, which is <laughs> did, undoubtedly did I, did I, cobbler. I, 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 um, <laughs> Steve Vai. If I said CD, I actually yeah. meant download card because oh, I don't actually come with a download card. You've ruined it. Um, but talking of coming with a CD, I need a the coaster. Joe Satriani Silver Surfer did indeed come with a CD. Yes. Do you know uh, was it was it like recommended backing tracks or something like that? I just remembered something. Uh, no, no, it Is was it that just the album. Man? It was the, the album. No, I've just recommend um, uh, remembered something. What? Sorry, English. What? I watched Moneyball last night, uh, which is a film about uh, baseball and uh, statistics. And uh, in the last game of the season, Joe Satriani's just there playing a completely mirrored JS one thousand or whatever the, his signature model. Um, just rocking out doing the national anthem on a completely mirrored Ibanez JS model of course it's ridiculous the most ridiculous thing anyway go. so Matt tell us a bit more about this pedal um, so yeah basically designed in conjunction with Alan Hines who's like an amazing guitarist session guy um, and it's sort of an overdrive sort of a boost I think imagine it's based off one of their other units obviously they do things like the bb preamp um the ac drive the rc booster and i think it's taking that sort of fundamental exotic sound and kind of just tweaking it more for sort of his playing uh for controls gain tone volume and mid boost so the mid boost is quite nice because it adds a touch more gain in while obviously pushing and helping your guitar signal cut through uh, really nice. Comes in a fancy Lake Placid blue ish nice. sort of colour. Tidy. More uh, blue it's like pedals. Chrome blue on the outside, but then like Lake Placid blue on the top with blue knobs and a blue LED. Nice. What? Sorry. Blue LED. All oh, right. All blue. Dabba D, dabba die. I'm feeling blue. No. Dabba d- I'm blue. Yeah. I'm blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, should be a, should be a really really nice pedal. I know um, a couple of people have already pre-ordered one, so oh cool. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to uh, to give it a go. Nice, nice. One last bit of news this week: a company that I'd not heard of before, Studious Amplifiers. Studious. It's a good name, isn't it? It's a great name. Um, introduced a brand new amp called the Mosley. Um, Matt, have you got the spec there? Oh my god. I do indeed. Um, oh I, my god, this, this amp this looks name perfect. Is sort of, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you've kind of it's worth if you're listening to this now and you are near a computer it's definitely worth checking them out online um studious amplifiers i've had their name crop up a few times this, uh, this amplifier looks Chicago. amazing yeah so i think he used to work for if i remember rightly i think he went to emperor amps and cabs so they're really famous for making like eight tens and eight twelves um, for a lot of like doom bands they made like really heavy amplifiers um, and I think he worked for them for a bit and then he kind of branched out on his own I think he's built amps that have been used by like Weezer and stuff like that so the um, Studious which the photo that I've seen on the press release is like a sort of wooden sleeve that's like non-Tolex with an awesome sort of I don't know how you describe it. It almost looks like a nice grey cushion. It looks like... Yeah, as a grill cloth. It looks like either um, the greatest bit of IKEA furniture ever or like a uh, mass, a big home radio from yeah, the, it does, from the yeah, early 1960s. Yeah. It's, it's exactly yeah, that, isn't it? They look it? incredible. 
It looks great. It looks like that, doesn't it? It's got quite a 60s budget furniture look to totally, it. Totally, yeah. It looks, it's the sort of thing that I wouldn't have been surprised to see a sort of Sears logo on. Yeah, completely. And also, the logo on there is kind of like in that kind of friendly IKEA font. So it's yeah, kind it's of, a really unusual... Like, it's basically aerial black. Yes. The font aerial yeah, black. totally. Just saying the word. There's nothing. There's. They. I really hope they didn't pay for that logo. I mean, it really no, I works. Like it. But, I yeah. like it. I really yeah. like it. So, do we know what kind of sound we're um, expecting yeah, from it? I suppose it's a bit difficult because I've I did a bit of research and listened to a few of the other amps, and they kind of don't really sound like anything else. It's not like oh, this is. They've gone. Oh, this is a Fender circuit, and you know, Honey Boy amps great, but they've gone. Oh, this is like a modified '50s Princeton. You yeah, know, they're not. Well, and a lot of people do that, you know. Like, what sort of thing is it then? Is it clean or I, is it especially vintage sounding? No, I think they're going for like a kind of vintage. I'd say they're probably going for like a vintage '60s feel, but it's two. Well, it's high and low channel inputs, single volume control, uh, bass treble, and then that's kind of it. So I think it's just like three so it's controls. Clean, it's a clean amp, but it's. Volume output wise, I'm not really sure because it doesn't really in the press release that we've got it doesn't really say much about the overall output. So it's got um, two EO84s for power tubes. Yeah, yeah so if so it's 84s, it could be. It does actually say, Matty. Yeah, yeah, 16, 8, or 4 switchable output. Uh, no, that's Ohm's. Uh, no, that's that's ah, Ohm outright. Okay, but that that is going to. Affect the volume. Oh yeah, weird. Yeah, no, yeah. But, okay, but they're I rating see. it in. They're I rating would it imagine that's the impedance. Yeah, I'd imagine thirty, forty watts probably. Okay. Um, to have that many options on the selectable output, it would have to be. Yeah, but that's dependent watts. on what the other speaker cab is that you plug in. Mm. Guess you yeah, won't yeah. be able to just switch it on the amp. Oh, itself, I thought so. it would be like a. Yeah. No, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. Really. Well, interesting. Yeah, it'd be nice. They actually, uh, they actually say. Dovetailed solid wood cabinets for durability and a mid-century modern hi-fi appearance. Don't yes. like. It looks like I a hi-fi. I want that. Yeah. Yeah, I really want it. I, like, um, I want a bit of mid-century modern hi-fi. But um, after checking out their kind of website, doing a lot of research into them, definitely go and check them out. out there. Yeah, the studio Amplifiers. They do three different models at the moment. Um, and yeah, they look amazing. I just I don't know if you can actually just buy them I think you have to I think you just have to because it's I've just read it on I the, think they're, they're custom uh, FAQ made. section you basically just have to contact them and yeah. he will build one they're six, 1650 uh, dollars US dollars but their cheap their cheapest one as a head is 1200 dollars okay interesting which for I some, think amazing for something hand built uh, that's, that's pretty good yeah yeah 16L6 one preamp valve does anything from jazz to shoegazy indie rock Nice. So, yeah, these are really yeah. cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Into that, big time. Big time. Indeed. Um, chaps, we've got a bit of a choice now. Uh-huh. Do we want to do Brand of the Week now, or would right. you want to do Brand of the Week in the Patreon episode, and we'll do a load of questions? Uh, I your... think we should do questions. Yeah, I, I think we should have yeah, neglected right. questions. I think we yeah, have right. well. You're right, we have. We've got some questions from here, but pro- we've also got a, a live YouTube stream coming in. So working, your working stream. A working stream for the first time in three weeks or something. So, Jay, if you've got some questions uh, lined up, that'd be awesome. Should yeah. we, let's take one from the Facebook group first, sure, and then yeah, we'll, we'll blast through that. So, okay, first up, Chris says, has anyone had any issue? Oh, in fact, you haven't done the questions jingle. Oh, sorry. <coughs> jingle. Are you ready? Yeah. Questions. That wasn't a jingle. I was, was expecting more musical. Oh, right, okay. 
Do you want me to do it again? No, yeah. you've had, no, 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 you've, no, you've no, had no, your no. shot. No. Questionable motives. Also not a jingle. Oh. Just sort of a bit musical. Oh, right, us. you want a musical yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But that's how I've always oh, no, done but it. I'll just, just jingle it this week. Questions. Okay, yeah, they're perfect. <laughs> exactly what I wanted. Exactly what I wanted. So first up, Chris says, has anyone here had issues with string rattle being caused by a problem with the saddles or the saddle screws? I've offended Telecaster and having set up everything up, I'm certain the small remaining rattling sounds are coming from the bridge with six saddles. Maybe due to slightly loose saddle screws. Anyone had this problem before? I think it's fair to say we've probably all experienced this in one way or another. Um, yes. Joe Branton, any thoughts? Um... Weird that you come to me. Um, well, I just as, because as, I know that this actually affects bass a lot yeah. because, um, particularly jazz basses, I think for some reason. Well, I mean, it, it's it, if it, if it's if it's coming from the bridge and you're playing sort of vintage style bridges, then jazzes and p basses are affected equally because they have the same bridge. Sure, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I get uh, get it a bit. Uh, my solution is um, to check if you can hear it through the amplifier, which, lo and behold, you won't be able to. Therefore, it matters not. Okay, and what I, if what if you can hear it through the amplifier? You won't be able to hear it through the amplifier. Matt, this, this have is, you got a more common, sensible no, 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 answer not, to this question? This is sensible. Because there is a common fix for this, and Joe's being no, bloody No, if you play obsequious. your guitar loudly, it doesn't matter. Matt Knight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's difficult because sometimes, I know when you're setting up a guitar, you can hear those sort of things, and yes, when you do plug it in, sometimes it does disappear. However, there is a quick fix because usually it is the grub screws and usually it's on cheaper instruments because they use grub screws that don't fit properly in the saddles. Yes. So you can buy something called Loctite, uh, which is basically super glue that doesn't set is the way that I've always kind of seen it. And well, it's super, glue, super glue that it does set, but you can break it again. You can make it unset. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it sort of. Yeah, it sort of sets in the sense that it's kind of remoldable like super glue. Yeah, but it's like yeah, it's it's not like you're never gonna. I mean, because that's the thing. You super glue. You always go. I really need to super glue that, and then you get the super glue, and then you can't get the lid off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that does happen a lot. So yeah, um, so basically the idea would be get the Loctite and then put it essentially all round the thread of the grub screw, put the grub screw in to the point where you want it to be, and then leave it and then it will set. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um or to be honest, and I and I still think this is one of the best tonal upgrades you can do, um, is replace the saddles. Yeah. Something like um, graph tech, graph tech. I mean, yeah. if you've got a, if you've got a, a Callahan, s- which is the ones I've used recently, work yeah. really well. If you've got a six saddle bridge, there's your problem. <laughs> no, what's wrong with you? Switch over Start. to a three saddle. Well, that's bridge. That's not always possible, is it? So, <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, I know. So, GraphTech saddles, I think, is the uh, or GraphTech uh, here they're, in the south of England. Yes. They're a bit soulless, though, aren't they? No, they're not. They are. The a look bit. of a bridge is still quite important. It's why I have naff bridges on all my guitars. No, despite. no. They, they are like, like it depends what you're going for. Though, yeah, really, for sure. But they are they are a bit soulless looking. I saw a Charvel with a Floyd Rose today on Facebook and I was like, ah, oh, actually, actually that's pretty good. That's oh, pretty good. Wow. So I'm the wrong person to be asking <laughs> yeah. about whether Graf Tech saddles think, were I in the look. I think it works. You just, you do it. Yeah, just, totally. It. I'm all about the Graf Tech saddles. To- all about it. Never, it. never been a never been a huge fan. Jay Cross, should we take a question from the chat? Yes. Uh, there was a question in here from Simon, okay. who, uh, for Joe, I guess, really. Oh, that's um, a shame. Best oh, no. lightweight bass rig. Lightweight bass rig? Yeah. Um, okay. You've asked the wrong person. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to you know, go, he's, he's go, well, if you play your guitar quietly, then... If you're not travelling to your gig in a in a big truck you're like not, my if, successful if, band... If you don't have a van, you're basically <laughs> not a band. You're not really a band. Go <laughs> back to your mum's basement. <laughs> right, so yes, the problem with asking me about like weight bass rigs is I, I don't think that any of them sound any good. You're, uh, um, such a knob. <laughs> I, if, when I find one, actually, I tell you what, um, Dark Glass okay, um, interesting. Have, have made an amp head. Um, and this is kind of in reaction. Dark Glass are a, if you don't know Dark Glass, then uh, Dark Glass are a, uh, a bass pedal manufacturer who make brilliant, a couple of absolutely brilliant preamps, as well as a really good bass compressor. They do. Um, very much in competition with Sansamp, who sort of dominates the the bass preamp market. Um, and I, as this is a new release, I imagine this is in um, uh, in reaction to Sansamp releasing their first head this year. They released their their, their VT bass driver. Uh, preamp they've released as a class D solid state amp head uh, Sans Amp actually did this with a corresponding single 12 cab which can handle the full 500 watts of yes. the amp head so that is that is a really pucker lightweight rig I imagine whilst I haven't checked out the dark glass go and watch some videos of it because I think it probably is going to be slightly better because most people are of the mind that the dark glass preamp on the floor is better than sans amp on the floor so i imagine in head form it's going to be great that said i think class d which is crucially what you need an amp head to be in order to be lightweight is also crucially what will always make an amp head sound balls i, I just don't think there's been class d that has really been very good i don't think class d works we went and heard the what was that mark bass head the it was uh the ninja or no, no the new one that basically the, is the, the really ninja, small but tiny it's like yeah. not that much the bigger. micro mark no that was the little combo Nano they did mark? a little while ago Nano, no that was also a little combo that they no, this did. is great I can't guys. remember yeah. There's, yeah, no, yeah. There's a, there is a new mark base head that is not new mark a new mark no not new mark Elisis there is a new mark base head uh, that is not much bigger than a kind of like airport paperback um, that sounded really good when we heard it and Joe Branton we know it's not to your taste no I'm just saying I think Class D has its limitations and yeah. I think I think it, that would be it would be fine there would be no problem if Class D wasn't a sacrifice but if you're actually saying oh I'm going to choose lightweight over tone which is what Class D means Absolutely by definition not. you are choosing Absolutely something not. that weighs less it sounds different it sounds different it sounds choked no not always not always cheap ones do I agree which is why I still fight the corner for Mark Bass because they're not super cheap and they are very good right Okay. We went to great name too. Uh, we went to try the the the, uh, the Tech 21 uh, oh, yeah. head uh, and a few weeks ago and as soon as we plugged it in the fuse went oh yeah. really uh, so we didn't get to try it also which is just what is, I mean yeah, it's just I something mean, that, that happens happen, you know yeah. it's, it, it's, it was an unfortunate they make incredibly reliable pedals uh, yeah, so yeah, I am it pretty was, satisfied that their heads are going to be I mean I don't after working in a guitar shop for seven years I don't think I ever saw a uh, sound app come back and ever. we must have sold one a day oh at least yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and they, they're such top-notch stuff also only speak on out and only speak on in on the cab which right. for me is kind of a deal breaker because if you're buying like a portable head 
you kind of got to think that some of the time, or a lot of the people buying those portable heads will, will be cab sharing. Hey, it's and more common than you think, actually. Yeah, but just put o- a combination orange. jack no, no, on it. Orange on combination jack. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, I know, but it's not a problem because when I used to own my orange terror base, I just had a speed quanta jack cable because yeah, that got they, me out of every situation. Yeah, but they get lost. They always get lost. What's what's the no, rationale behind it? Does speak on? Does speak on sound? better or are yeah, they just higher yes, quality it, it are carries, they just like a they just lock in it carries low frequencies better than speaker cables right I'm not 100% convinced by that I think there might be a snake oil element most most base manufacturers have been convinced by it fine but yes there is that locking element which I think is super important it's a cool yeah. thing but as long as people put combinations on there yeah. you know put the uh, the jack in the centre of the speaker yeah. on I think works yeah, true. But, really well but basically I mean Sans Amp and Dark Glass are both trying to make products that sound like Ampegs Ampegs are actually good sounding amps as opposed to Mark Bass yeah. and so anything that's trying to sound like a good amp is surely going to be a better bet so Sans Amp or Dark Glass is my suggestion okay what's the I uh, for completely the name of the manufacturer's gone out of my head the other brand that make really small heads silver face cabs PV. what silver face cabs PV. yeah they're an American based brand you stock them at GAC they're real real small they also make preamps as well what are you talking about there's another another brand we, are you playing with me oh Galen and Kruger no I there's, don't know there's Warwick an, no, there's another one. I'm not. I'm not quizzing you. I just genuinely no, no, can't PV remember what they're called. Warwick have both yeah, released yeah, really good no, lightweight small, heads not, this year. Not those. They're like hand, well, they're right. small production uh-huh. built in the USA. Um, they also make uh, preamps that you can put inside your base, like you oh, Aguila, uh, uh, Aguila. Yeah. That might may also be if you're looking oh, for yeah, kind they're of really authentic they? yeah. rock tones on it in a small. They um, are. Yeah, I always forget about those. They are some of the best sounding sort of small amps. Yeah. Definitely, um, really good. Quite expensive. Like heads are a really reasonable price. Like you can pick up a three hundred watt one for less than five hundred quid. Yeah. But the cabs are ridiculously expensive. Like eight nine nine for a two twelve. Yeah. They, so much they're nice money. though. They are really no, dinky. No, and they they're do not sound good. because the cabs are neodymium. And again, the definition yeah, of neodymium is you're crazy. Sacrificing tone for lightweight. No. Yes, that's great. <sighs> no gigs that good that right. then you need to not have yeah, I mean, class D. Okay. Both, mate, both the Next people question. watching your band, like, they're not going to be that bothered. When you're playing in the Dog and Duck in Colchester, <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> save my band. Let's take one more question from YouTube and then let's call this a night. Uh, oh, I've been, uh, I've been too big. No, let's well, do another. Let's do another. Let's do another. Well, let's take one yeah, from the We foot. can do these in the Patreon and we can't do the YouTube uh, questions in the yeah, Patreon. Yeah, you've got to find one. I've got to find yeah, one. I you should be storing these up. We've got time for two. I didn't think you were coming back to me. Yeah, but I want to do this in the Patreon. Well, we do. Okay, fine. Toby says, um, Toby says, Hi guys, anyone got any experience with Laney Lionheart amps? I'm seriously considering the L5 Studio as a a quality low watt 5 watt amp that I can crank at home. Uh, Anything else I should consider? The PV Classic 20 can attenuate down to 5 and 1 watt and it's a similar price, so it would be an alternative. Expert nerdy advice would be much appreciated. Oh, it's such a hard question. Because they're both really, really good. Matt Knight, and you're not allowed to say Roland or Boss. No, just say out uh, of those two. You're not allowed to say Honey Boy. And I was like, oh, well, you could you could spend the same amount of money. You could, but you uh, can't crank it. That's That no. would be the problem. Yeah. Um, I sort of like the new Classic 20s. They are good amps, but I definitely think the Laney L5 has got a little bit more of a kind of classier character to it. Yep. It just kind of... I mean, it, it looks cooler, in my opinion. Um, I mean amazing value for money and I just think 
sound wise yeah it's just got more of that kind of like vintage like small amp feel the classic 20s nice but it kind of can feel it to me sometimes a little bit sterile like if i was going to go for a pv classic series i'd much rather have one of the older 30 combos yeah but they you, just yeah. There's no, awesome. the there's no there's no that's attenuation or anything in the no. 30s is there they're so just old that's, school that's what i mean that's why for me that's why i'd go for the l5 because the l5 kind of has a great vibe about it yeah and yeah, yeah i think the attenuation's nice the only thing i would say on those little ones sometimes when you attenuate and they can sound a bit overly compressed um and you're actually probably better off running it at kind of like the five watt and kind of doing your best to record what you can yeah um because sometimes if you get them down to like half a watt or a quarter of a watt i'm not sure what they could go down to they, they just sound a bit bit too flubby I yeah think. I, th- I think it's really interesting how the lionheart series kind of hasn't carried through to the same level that like the ironheart series has been so successful one of the things i noticed on this question uh in the in the forum was uh who, who was it who asked it again this was toby 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 said um i've been looking at the lionheart l5 and everyone went oh yeah the ironheart series is great yeah 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 you should yeah the yeah, ironheart yeah. series is really like really good oh, i love the ironheart and i think yeah. i think a lot of people thought that it was maybe a typo yeah um because that the, it is strange that they they made two series that sound so similar with the lionheart and the ironheart but the Ironheart has been so successful over the last few years, and like you well, know, that is with all their of those, audience. absolutely, well, absolutely, it is. And you know, the that Lionheart I thought was great, and I think it, I think they really because um, those initially were being built in Birmingham. They were being built being built in the uh, the um, headstock headstock uh, factory. Headstock are Laney and Ibanez and. Ibn is in, in the representatives in the UK. They're the yeah. distribute. They're the distributor in the UK, and uh, they were they were building the uh, the iron the lion hearts there. Um, and we went well, about three years ago. Yeah, something like that. And uh, and yeah, we just saw them all on test. It was amazing, really, really cool. And they announced sh- shortly after that they were moving pr- shifting production of those from Birmingham to China, which of course is where the iron hearts are built. And nobody cares about the fact that they're being built in China. I mean, most amps are being built in China. And nobody really cares about it. But I think it's the fact that they have been being built in the UK. Well, they they, were called Lionheart. Well, yeah, of course. Everything um, about them was, these are our British amps. But they didn't sound any different. No, of course. Well, they did, because they didn't have the same speaker in. That was was my problem. That's what I was going to say. The Chinese ones had a really cheap like speaker in them the english ones had a proper celestian in them right and uh it, it made I, to me that made a huge difference i because I, I and the reason i remember that is because i had a customer uh way back a few years ago who returned one because he said it's not got the same speaker in and when he looked in the back it said made in made china, in china. Right. no I, and, I yeah this is a story i remember not now. made in the uk right yeah um so, so yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've messed that one up. But any other suggestions? I know that you often champion Blackstar for this question. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not sure if Blackstar is particularly the right place for um, the for that sound. Both of these um, are classic amplifier suggestions, yeah. and so I don't think Blackstar. I don't really think Blackstar. I mean, in general, and actually, that brings us on to a, a question, uh, a question on here. Um, so I can't see on, where it's on, 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 YouTube. on YouTube that someone's asked about the best uh, sub 20 watt amp for versatility and I think if you're going down that route 
then yes, Blackstar. I think that they they do Blackstar or um, uh, one of the new Roland amps, possibly, yeah. are very good for for something that's versatile. Whether whether you would get, I, I don't know. Like that sort of low wattage classic sounding amp, I think is very is very difficult at the moment. I think it's really weird territory. Like Fender don't really do anything that's that good at that what at that low wattage. What about the bass breakers? Yeah, the seven. Yeah, not, I've still not tried the seven. Very no. good, not versatile. Do you know but what I was going to suggest? Yeah. If if you wanted something like kind of really vintage. Uh, low powered that looks cool and it's got kind of you know like i said earlier with say like the honey boy it's like plug and play you don't really use a lot of pedals but it's a great sound vox ac4 hand wide oh mate quality like the mini ac4 i mean yeah. obviously that's a little bit more on the pricey side i think they're about 650 700 the hand, the hand yeah, wired yeah. one yeah but that's normally my answer to everything for, the ac4 for watts and i mean i i and I, you know i think i say it again the problem with attenuating anything less than four watts is they sound like bad yeah i think a lot of the time if an amp's been specifically designed like the old zvex nano head was one watt and i think if it's designed to be one watt it's optimized for that particular sound but a lot of the time if you're attenuating um with those because they attenuate like the power amp section so they actually change the, the like the valve base effectively or how many valves are working the circuit's just kind of being starved so it doesn't sound very good yeah rather than being like speaker attenuation where at least all you're doing is soaking up some of the power um that te- usually those tend to be like power amp attenuation as far as i'm aware and that's where they start to sound a bit flubby and a bit awful but the ac the hand wire doesn't have that it is just four watts but it's got a proper celestian green back in it um and then you've just got the hot and cool switch one just gives you a little bit of a boost gives you a little bit more drive so we're saying for something low powered uh vintagey sounding the lion hearts would be a good option um but also yeah. check out the vox ac4 as yeah well. big money but also they do ac10 the- well, I mean, there's also the standard AC4, the non-hand-wired one. Yeah. They're like 250 quid or something yeah, like that. And they sound, they sound really good as well. you just got to be careful because they also do two smaller AC4s, which is the AC4 TV and the AC4 TV Mini. And they're like, and they're like not great sounding. They're, not, they're, they're fine. They're not yeah. great sounding. The standard AC4 and the hand-wired AC4 are flawless amps at the price. Beautiful. And with that, um, we are well over an hour, so we should probably wrap this up. Thanks if you've been watching on YouTube. If you want to um, join us every week, you can. Uh, Monday nights from 8pm UK time um, on youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. Um, we are actually going to go and record some more audio for our Patreon backers. Um, if you go to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, which you can see at the bottom of the stream... Here, if you're watching this video, um, either live or uh, in the future, um, you can go to patreon.com forward slash guitarnerds to um, support everything we're doing. You know, support the videos that we do, but also support the podcast um, from as little as, well, as little as $1 a month if you just want some um, good to throw some goodwill our way but from $5 a month gets you an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds audio content every week and from $10 a month you become one of our executive backers um, like these people have <coughs> Chris Connors Andy Joyce Steve Merkel Blair Toms Carlos Mancha Andrew Marco Mark Cross J.D. Short David Carroll Andy McKenzie Brad Page Paul Corrigan Jack Cowper Will Clare Scott O'Brien Matt Gwine Will Thompson Laurie Ansis Will Gravit Connor 
Was that one breath? Yes. Impressive. Thank you. I didn't Impressive. think you were going to do it. No, I no. just made it. I thought you would. Might, I can normally make it. Over. I normally make it halfway through. It's good. But I can talk breathing Whoever in as Brad well. Is, I could have done I it the other way. He doesn't mind being called Brad Pitt every week. Yeah. Did you call name. him Brad Pitt this week? No. No, I said Brad Page, actually. Okay. Yes, Sure, did Brad Page? I think uh, has message to say that he's fine with occasionally being called Brad Pitt. But well. if you're not Brad, do let us know. Um, best place to do that: facebookcom forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. That's where all our podcast listeners, YouTube viewers, and stuff hang out. Go over there, start a conversation, send us questions for the podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds, Instagram at Guitar Nerds, where we're putting up loads of awesome pictures of all the gear that we filmed at the weekend. Um, Joe apparently is now sponsored by Marshall Beer so go and check out Marshall Beers um, and you can follow us individually at Mark underscore random at Matt underscore Nightsy at J-A-Y-B-N-1 and at Joseph underscore 900 thanks very much for listening this week and uh, we'll see you next time farewell Bye-bye. everyone goodbye Bye-bye. be well on your face.